Listen, I know it's late, but the Twins are back in first place. That's right. They beat the A's. Let's talk about it. This is Locked On Twins Live. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter, but I probably wouldn't, at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. And we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I know we're hanging out late here, but feel free to be active in the comments, either on the show here live or on YouTube after the fact, or however you want to get in contact with the show, we'd love to hear from you. Also, too, if you have questions for the show, feel free to ask either here at Locked On Twins in the DMs, at Brandon underscore Warren in the DMs, or wherever. If you can get a question to me, there's a good chance we'll get it answered. Also, too, Locked On Twins breathless post-game minutes after pretty much every game. Had the one come out tonight with the fact that you won't see anywhere else. Actually, stat you won't see anywhere else. But that was a fun one about runs scored in the ninth inning. So make sure you go check that out. Twins back at it with the A's on Saturday at the Coliseum. It's going to be a 6.07 first pitch. It's Pablo Lopez making his first start of the second half against Hogan Harris. And if you don't know much about Hogan Harris, you are not alone. But we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. If you want to catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM, with Corey and Danny, you can do so on the SXM app. Just search Twins. So I already got a bunch of uh, a bunch of comments in the chat. I really do appreciate that. Twins coming off a five four win over the woebegone Oakland A's. Twins, two runs in the first, two runs in the ninth, and a single tally in the fourth. This one, to me, had the hallmarks of a classic Twins loss. And when I say a classic Twins loss, I mean this season. You know, not necessarily previous years or anything like that. But, you know, the offense again, falls asleep with runners in scoring position. For the longest time, they were actually doing okay. They were showing the graphic on the TV about how the Twins, I think, were 3-for-10 at one point. Anyway, they finished 4-for-15. They stranded 10 runners on base and, in general, just did not blow out or blow the A's out of the water like you would have hoped, especially so the fact that Ken Waldachuk came in just uh, with a brutal season ERA um, Shintaro Fujinami, if not for the Joey Gallo homer, that would have been a pretty ugly outing for the Twins as he's got an ERA over nine. But Gallo comes through. Uh, twins get a little bit of help from everyone. Multi-hit games, Carlos Correa, Donnie Solani, and Edward Julian off the bench. And there's some mixing and some matching. The A's through seven Pitchers, Twins with six. So I, I would imagine 13 combined pitchers would be up there as far as um, historical. Maybe not too far back, but since the 
one inning or three batter minimum. I bet 13 combined pitchers is quite a ways up there. Um, but again, this to me felt like a twins game that was going to get away from them. I was expecting a four, three loss, which is, I mean, I guess if you subtract Gallo's home run, theoretically, it would have been a four, three loss, but it just, it didn't feel to me like the twins had that late inning juice. And again, it's felt that way all season long. And like I said, in the post game minute, the stat that I was bringing up, the twins came into this game with 17 ninth inning runs this season, the fewest in MLB. The twins scored two in this one. So they bumped up to like 28th, but they're down there with the Rockies. They're down there. Uh, they were even behind the A's. I mean, granted, I said they were in last, so of course they were behind the A's. But it was, you know, really a hallmark of this Twins team to not score runs late in games. And um, again, if not for Gallo, that would have been the case here. Um, a lot of frustrating things, though, about this game. To me, again, this is the A's. They've played 93 games. They've won 25. Um you can't overstate how poor that is. Twins have five more to go with the A's, so that's going to show up on their strength of schedule, which Tankathon says is the easiest the rest of the way down the stretch in the second half. So we'll see if the Twins can continue to, um, well, not continue to, but start to take advantage of the opportunities around them. And the big thing about this, too, for me with this um this upcoming schedule is it leads into the deadline. And while two weeks of data and a data set for that amount of time would not be considered significant when it's backed up by the start of the season, these next two weeks are going to be pivotal for the twins deciding what direction they take at the deadline. Now, again, I don't think they're in any sort of position to sell at the deadline just because of how bad the rest of the division is. But I mean, in terms of what positions they'll address. I think it's pretty obvious they're going to need at least one reliever. Uh, depends on if Caleb Thielbar can come back as far as if they need more than that. But um, offensively, I'm not sure what they're going to do. They already, in theory, don't have room for Matt Walner. So unless they add a big bat that they're willing to you know, ruffle some feathers over on offense, I just don't know where that fit comes into play. Everybody's talking about Goldschmidt. I think Ty France is a good guy to target. But again, I look at the the situation around that, and it's where where would these guys play? You know, at, at the at the same time, we can look at this Twins offense and be like, "Holy crap, they can't hit at all." And then you say, "Okay, well, let's go get a second baseman. They should be cheap." Well, you're waiting for Jorge Polanco to come back. Let's go get a first baseman. Okay, well, then where does Alex Kirilov go? If Kirilov goes to left, what are you doing in left with Gallo? Is Gallo going to right? What are you doing with Kepler? And again, these all seem like simple decisions for people like us who don't make those decisions. And the, the primary reason I think a guy like Max Kepler is still on the team, especially since he's been hitting better lately, but is the, the the deal is if you DFA Kepler and Matt Walner isn't any good, and theoretically that could definitely happen, um, you don't have any recourse after that. You can't go, you, you know, at that point you could go to Larnick, but again, you're, you're burying yourself in depth that you don't need to, to do. 
in your your one hamstring away on Joey Gallo from having Walner up here with Kepler. Like I just I don't think for as much as people don't like Kepler, I don't think the Twins are in a position to flush away any sort of big league depth unless it was a, a trade where they brought back something that was going to help them a little more than Kepler. And again, I, I keep kind of going back to the Jaime Garcia trade, where if you can get a couple decent, interesting arms in a trade like that, then I think you'd have to consider it. But for now, I just I don't see a way where they're going to give up. You know, just say, hey, we're we're done with Max Kepler. If they haven't done it yet, now is is not going to be that time. Um, Twins hold the A's offense at bay. Uh, too many walks. There were six walks on both sides. But no A's hitter had more than one hit. Former twin Brent Rooker with just a single. Um, you know, this A's team is, uh, whew, they're mighty young. Um, Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Geloff both make their major league debut. So that was cool to see. And if you can't be good, and this is kind of my, primary tenant with why the twins are so frustrating this year is if you can't be good, you should at least be interesting. Are the twins good? I think talent wise, they're good. I think potential wise, they're good, but they're 92 games into the season and they've won as much as they've lost. You can't call them good, at least not in the sense of, you know, they're going to do damage the rest of the way. With that said, they're also not interesting. Strikeouts aren't interesting. Pinch hitting, pinch hitting isn't interesting when it's in the fourth inning. They look like a bunch of stiffs out there. You see other teams having fun. Atlanta, Atlanta looks like they're having a hundred times more fun. And so uh, the Twins need to find a way to make baseball fun again. Um, our friend Ryan has a comment here that we'll come back to once we get back from break but let's talk a little bit about ebay motors you guys have been following along you know ebay motors is one of our favorite sponsors and for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or money back, your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So our friend here, make sure I get back to it. Ryan says he just saw Dan Hayes tweet that Jose Miranda is headed to the IL and Matt Walner is getting called up. Okay. So we'll see. Um, yep. Yeah, okay. I see the Dan Hayes tweet as well from it looks like 12 40 a.m 12 39 okay well anyway so again i think this kind of proves my point though that they didn't need to force the issue to get walner up here 
Now, again, took an injury, and I'm not trying to say that that was all that predictable, but it still came down to an injury. And I'll be curious how things line up. I think there's probably a good chance Kyle Farmer moves to third. Willie Castro plays second. And that's where Matt Walner comes into play, left field, right field, matchups, et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, it's the offense getting more left-handed, which could prove problematic, especially since uh, they're going to see lefties the rest of this series. But with that said, you you know, you really don't have that many choices for who to bring up, and Walner has been killing it. So you may as well give him a chance, right? So um, that, that makes... Uh, a lot of sense to me. And so Walner joining the team out West for tomorrow's game. Again, uh, 607 first pitch at the Coliseum Twins A's. Game two of the series, game two of the season series, Pablo Lopez against Hogan Harris. We'll talk about Hogan Harris here in a little bit, but you can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Also, too, thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. And if you are an everydayer, make sure you check out the show over the weekend. I'm going to have report cards for the first half for your Twins hitters and pitchers. So should be a lot of fun. Our friend Anthony says, Duran has given up runs in his last three outings. At what point do you start worrying about him? And our friend uh, Sarah Wall says, Duran kind of feeling like April Griffin Jacks right now. Maybe not quite as bad as that, but it's certainly added to my stress levels. Yeah, um, I want to look into Jawan Duran because I think, you know, it, it's obvious he hasn't been himself. But it also is probably indicative of the unfair expectations that we put upon him. So with tonight's outing, he's at a 2-2-9 ERA. 67.1% ground ball rate, which I was not aware of until now. That's absolutely incredible. Um, 11.8 strikeouts per nine, 3.9 walks per nine. You know, I'm kind of looking across the board, and pretty much everything is the same from last year, with the exception that he's walking almost twice as many batters per nine. And that, that to me, is a big deal late in games. And, I mean, that's not just a to-me thing. That's a to-everyone thing. And granted, a pitcher with a strikeout potential and penchant like Duran has, 11.8 per nine each of the two seasons he's been in the big leagues, you can you can live with 3.9 walks per nine. The 2.1 he put up last year was incredible. I mean, that that's very rare to see anybody striking out hitters at that rate with, with that few walks. Um Everything else looks pretty much above board. He's picked up an extra mile per hour on his velo. Honestly, I think I'm, you know, it's something that's kind of going to kind of prick up my ears, but it's not something I'm going to be worried about quite yet. And with Griffin Jacks too, you know, they moved him out of the role, got him back right, brought him back. Um, The nice thing is that they would have to do something like that with Duran. You have Jacks in place now and could could fill the role of Duran if they had to do a flip-flop there. But with that said, I'm not I'm not pushing any sort of panic button on Duran yet. Um you know this isn't June um June Jorge Lopez quite yet or anything like that. 
Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't think the Twins are really thinking about it that much either. But with that said, you know, it's hard to ignore that things have been a little dicier with Duran in July. In fact, one of my uh, post-game figures, which was, uh, you know, for the post-game minute, was that Duran had allowed five hits in April, five hits in May, five hits in June, and five hits in July. Unfortunately, the day that I shared that, I want to say it was July 7th, so in seven days of the month, it was five hits. So again, things snowballed pretty quickly on Duran so far this month. So there'll be things to monitor. There'll be things to watch and that sort of thing. I'm just, I'm not pushing like uh, a panic button or anything like that, but I'm definitely, definitely monitoring something like that. Noah Welch chiming in saying, Buck, man, at least the Twins got the win and Cleveland lost. Yeah, so I don't know if anybody was watching the Cleveland game. I kind of was hate watching it beforehand. And they went up 4-0 in the third inning. And it was it was pretty cool, actually, how they did it because Bo Naylor and Josh Naylor both hit two-run homers in the same inning. And it was the first time, if I'm not mistaken, the two brothers hit homers in the same game since uh, B.J. Upton and Justin Upton did so 10 years ago. So that's a kind of cool little footnote. Even though Josh Naylor is the bane of my existence, it's always cool to see those kind of family moments. Nevertheless, Rangers score the final 12 runs of the game. Absolutely blow up Sam Hentges and um, Aniel De Los Santos, Cody Morris. It got ugly late. Um yeah, our friend Ryan says their other brother got drafted too. Yeah, the third Naylor brother got drafted over the weekend. Um, I think it was Miles Naylor, if I'm not mistaken, who was picked up by Oakland in uh, late 30s. I think it was like pick 39 or 40. So, yeah, we'll see how uh, things go there. But it's certainly cool to see brothers in the major leagues, let alone on the same team, let alone homering in the same game. Yeah, again, uh, depressed Twins fan, Walner on his way back, says, let's uh, bleeping go. Um, yeah, it's going to be good to see him back just because he's hitting everything. And at some point, you know, we talked with Sully on the Locked On MLB national show that actually posted, um, I think it was late Thursday night. And he was talking about Walner being a spark plug for the Twins and... I like the idea because if you can bring in someone who not only was great in the minors, but has been very good in the big leagues this year, but gives you a different look, changes up your lineup a bit, someone that you can um, give a longer look to, you know, we'll see, we'll see what it looks like. But at at the end of the day, the twins are um, beggars, not choosers. And so Walner's the guy to come up. Again, he'll probably play left. You move Castro to second. You move Farmer to third. Or Solano moves around. It, there, there's a lot of flexibility on this team. But with that said, and I kind of tweeted about this too, like they have all these matchups they can play for. You can play Kyle Farmer higher in the order against lefties and Donovan Solano and that sort of thing. But it still feels like – so those guys don't come through early in games. You pinch hit for them later in games with Joey Gallo and Edouard Julien. And then those guys get neutralized by lefties late in games. And so to me, like the strategy there just doesn't really line up. 
and again, I, I'm as big of a proponent of matchups as as big of a proponent as you can be of saber metric analytical stuff. But again, if you're not accounting for lefties later in games possibly wiping those guys out, uh, that's got to be a part of the calculus too. And I'm not saying it's not, but it's just it's come up too often this season where they have a, a good lefty in or even a decent lefty like another team's equivalent of Giovanni Moran in there. And too often guys like Alex Kirilov are getting eaten up there. So um, yeah, getting Matt Walner back is going to be cool. But with that said, um, you know, don't expect him to be a savior just because uh, it's not fair to put that kind of pressure on him. He could be dollar store Joey Gallo for all we know. Um. Our friends at Bird Dogs are uh, are chiming in here. Bird Dogs are khaki shorts. They fit thinner through your thighs and legs. Uh, they can make someone like me look pretty good in a pair of shorts, which is it's a big deal. Uh, they do the same exact thing as Lululemon, but they fit better. You're never going to want to take these off. You can wear them to church. You can wear them to the golf course, the ball game wherever you got to take them off to wash them. I should say that, but you're not going to want to change out of them. Um, it's a cloud knit fabric. It looks like khaki, but stretches. So it basically fits you perfectly to a T. Uh, they also use anti stink sweat wicking fabric. It keeps you dry and cool all day long. So um, I don't have mine on right now and I don't have my, Yeti style tumbler, so I'm not exactly being a good steward here, but you get a free Yeti style tumbler if you use the code locked on MLB. Either go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or just yeah, the promo code is locked on MLB all caps one word, and you get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. These things are great, not only the bird dogs, but the tumbler. Uh, I had an experience where I had to return some bird dogs and they were phenomenal getting them exchanged out for the right thing. So again, locked on MLB is the promo code at birddogs.com or you can just go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, we're coming down the home stretch. We are into the seventh inning stretch and twins A's. Once again, you will see them Saturday, 607 PM. You're going to see Hogan Harris. You're going to see Pablo Lopez. You can check that out on Sirius XM with the SXM app. Just search twins, twins facing 26-year-old Hogan Harris, a 6'3-230 uh lefty, so big strong lefty who has only thrown 43 innings in the big leagues. And his numbers are let's just say a little out of whack. Um, not that many strikeouts, a lot of walks. Um the home run rate is not terribly bad. He does not give up too many grounders, though. So we'll see what the Twins can do if they can lift the ball against him. 607 ERA. And so we'll see how they line up, too, because uh, lefties he has had trouble throwing strikes to, and righties he's given up more power to. So both of them kind of come with different caveats because four of the five homers he's allowed have come to righties but lefties have a 364 on base against him so a lot of moving parts here but again just another young pitcher for the a's who um you know kind of trying to find their way in the big leagues 
just like Ken Waldachuk, tonight's starter. So, yeah, don't look for a big fastball from Harris. 92.6 mile per hour average, but he'll cut it. He'll throw a curve. He'll throw a changeup. And he throws quite a few changeups, actually. He's about 20% changeup, 20% cutter. So he's going to mix and match. And, you know, we'll see what what the Twins can do to respond. It's going to be curious now because with one more right-handed bat out of the lineup, one more left-handed bat coming up, they're just going to have to basically put nine guys together and, um, yeah, kind of go from there. Uh, Twins back in first place by a half game. The Guardians lose to the Rangers. Rangers obviously having a pretty solid start to their season, and they came back from a 4-0 deficit to crush the Guardians. So no complaints there. But um, also, too, Braves absolutely smashed the White Sox. Michael Kopech doesn't get out of the first inning, and that one was just kind of reminiscent of the Joe Ryan start in Atlanta where um, – just couldn't get anything going. Kopex was worse just because he didn't finish the first inning while Ryan at least hung around for a while. But um, yeah, I think we're about ready to bury the White Sox at this point. Uh, 17 games under 500, eight and a half back, three straight in the loss column. Uh, they're three and a half behind Detroit, believe it or not. So I think they're about ready to be um, put out to pasture. Obviously, Kansas City. And Oakland jockeying for position, I believe. Kansas City, yeah, they have one more win than Oakland right now and three fewer losses. So Oakland kind of running away with that top spot here uh, in terms of ping pong balls to get that first pick. Um, Strike zone, absolutely dreadful in this one. We mentioned it. Nick Lentz was all over the place. Uh, Credit where due, and this is not, this is going to seem like uh damning with faint praise uh he sucked for both sides at least i mean it was he had a ken to maeda strikeout early in the game that really there was no business being called carlos correa had a terrible one looked like he might get thrown out uh, i think joey gallo had one it was just in general a pretty awful game for umpiring so i'll be curious to see what the um what the umpire report card looks like on Twitter tomorrow morning. Uh, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good at all. Um, a couple more things to address here coming down the stretch. Uh, again, we'll see how this offense gets going with Matt Walner back on track, back on the team, and they'll be mixing and matching out there. I uh, thought it was kind of interesting, Brent Rooker in the ninth inning, Definitely had the feeling of like a Hallmark Disney ending where he was going to walk off the Twins. And seeing that as a potential narrative, Duran drills him with a pitch, puts him on, induces a grounder, ends the game. So I think uh, I think you could say Duran understood the assignment. Uh, Griffin Jacks, again, spotless inning. Moran, spotless inning in a third. And Jordan Balazovic, I think he might be onto something as a reliever because the stuff was popping tonight. I thought the breaking ball was good. I thought the fastball was especially good. Um, there were some positives, you know, after Maeda struggled, the twins give up just one earned run the rest of the way. Um, so in general, they did everything you needed to do to win, but it was just, it was a, I don't know, uninspiring, ugly win that 
still counts as a win, right? So Twins will need to get back to it on Saturday. Pablo against Hogan Harris. Should be a good one. Um, late evening, early evening, technically, I guess, start. Uh, these Oakland games, though, and, and Seattle and all that, uh, for an old man like me, these things get pretty late. So not often that I'm up past 12 o'clock midnight as we're recording here, getting into the 1 o'clock hour. So, yeah, uh, basically that's about all I have. That's a wrap. Um, thanks so much for hanging out. We had some pretty nice live numbers in this one. We'll try to do some more live shows if the reaction continues to be positive. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. That's Locked on Twins. Every day, make sure you check out over the weekend. I'm going to do some report cards. Also, subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. Click that subscribe and thumbs up button if you're on YouTube. Anyway, this is Brandon Warren signing off saying thank you so much, and don't forget to stop by over the weekend. This is Locked on Twins.